I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, now videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're on the Megaphone uh, Network through the C-Suite Network. Now, also, you can see the video cast on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Bob Brill YouTube channel. That's how you can find it. Or by finding the links for all of this at Kramerandbrill.com. That's the easiest way. You can see all of that at the bottom of your screen. Uh, during the offseason each week, we'll be taking a look at each NFL team as they prepare for the draft and the upcoming year. And what we'll do is we're going to a local reporters who cover those teams to get their perspective. So this week, we're joined by Jay Morrison of The Athletic, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals. Jay, welcome to our show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. This was uh, quite not quite a breakout season for the Bengals, but a new quarterback mixed with some old parts kind of got it done until the injury to Joe Burrow. And uh, so give us a quick reca- uh, recap of the Bengals season. Uh, yeah, started really unfortunately where they were they were right there. Uh, actually, Burrow threw a game-winning touchdown to AJ Green, and it was wiped out by pass offensive pass interference. And it was like I don't know the the, the entire season just kind of imploded after that. They got kind of blown out by Cleveland in Week Two, and you saw you saw everything was all about Joe Burrow. It was you know throw him in right away let him learn. And you saw him ascending. You, you saw him getting better. You saw them starting to really figure some things out. Um, and then the, the injury that everybody saw that the awful injury in Washington in week 11 shredded his, his ACL um, season really kind of went South after that. They, they, they rebounded and, and played a little better down the stretch as they did the previous year in Zach Taylor's first year. Uh, they get into those meaningless games and, and find a way to win a couple but that's what last year was all about Joe Burrow. And, and there was so much hope and promise. And it was, it, it really, I, I don't think I've ever seen an injury just sap a team the way that did, because it, it wasn't just what he meant to the team on the field, but just the way he came in. I mean, he was voted a captain as a rookie. He just, he has this presence about him and he just really kind of took control of that team from the get-go, over Zooms, they, they know off-season, no OTAs, and it just really rattled the team to see him go down. And it was, you know, another really disappointing year. Um, six twenty-five and one now in Zach Taylor's two years. Um, he's he's coming back for year three, and his his seat is as hot as it can get. Uh, well, okay, so you mentioned and went on about Joe Burrow, and I thought he was on pace like hands down to be the rookie of the year until mm-hmm. the injury. And obviously that opened the door for Justin Herbert. But if you look across the rest of the team, in order for the Bengals to become, uh, I guess, relevant in the playoff picture, what do you think it is that they need that currently they may not have? Well, how much time do you guys have? <laughs> There's a lot. Remember he said this is a two-minute podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it starts with the offensive line and protecting Joe Burrow. I mean, that's that's what that's what ended his season was the the left guard, Michael Jordan, got shoved back and basically thrown into Joe Burrow. And um they 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 have they need to upgrade all across that offensive line. Uh they have Jonah Williams, the first round pick from a couple years ago as the left tackle, but really everything else is is kind of up for grabs. Um, that's where I think the focus is going to be this offseason. When free agency opens next week, I think we're going to see them go right away and try to get a, a starting right tackle, a starting right guard, and then put some other pieces in place. Um, they, they, they need to upgrade the defense, too. They've, they, they had no pass rush whatsoever last year. They were last in the league in sacks. Um, it, 
they're, and their they're only true effective pass rusher, Carl Lawson, is a free agent. So they want to bring him back, but it's a two-way street. There's no guarantee they're going to be able to re-sign him. So that that is a big thing. They, they need guys that can rush and guys that can cover because their, their other big free agent is Will Jackson, uh, their 2016 first-round pick, the cornerback. Um, he, they also would like to bring him back, but it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. Um, there's a, there's a team out there somewhere that is mainly a man cover team that is going to love his ball skills. And, and someone's going to throw a lot of money at him that the Bengals aren't going to be willing to match. So upgrading at cornerback, upgrading on the defensive line, both interior, it it looks like, you know, Geno Atkins is probably going to be a cap casualty. Um, they, they need to get younger at the defensive tackle position, find a, a quality three technique that can push the pocket from the inside and get some edge rushers. But, but first and foremost, you need an offensive line. Everything is in place on offense. They've got great skill guys around Joe Burrow. They've got a great running back tandem and Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. Um, just find some guys. They don't, you don't need five all pros. We just keep saying they, they need the no donkeys approach. You, you can't have, you can't one weak link on that offensive line and the whole offensive line is in trouble. And they, they just really need to shore everything up along that line and protect Joe Burrow and, and let this offense kind of hum under him. You know, it's not like there's not going to be a lot because of the cap space uh, this year. There's not, there's going to be a lot of free agents available. Yes. Pick up. Have they targeted uh, anybody that uh, you're hearing that they really want to go after? No, they play it really close to the vest, but you can kind of read the tea leaves. I mean, there's but one really interesting one is Joe Tooney, the, the Patriots guard. Um, he makes so much sense uh, in the fact that he's from Southwest Ohio. He grew up in Dayton. He's got two Super Bowl rings, which they, that's they're not just looking for starters. They're looking for culture builders and, and guys that do things the right way and have experience winning. Um, that I guess there's a hope that maybe he would want to come back to Southwest Ohio uh, for people not familiar. Dayton is about, about an hour North of Cincinnati. Um, but I, this, this franchise is just never valued interior linemen. Um, they drafted Kevin Zeitler in the first round back in 2012, when it came time for free agency, they, they, they just let him go. He signed a huge deal with the, with, with the Browns. They, I, I just, I can't see them dumping the, the bulk of their money on a, a guard. There's other guards available. I think Taylor Moten, the, the, the tackle from the, the Panthers, would have been their ideal pick um, to be the, the right tackle next year. But he's, he, he's most likely going to either be tagged or re-signed by the Panthers. Um, you've got Daryl Williams um, from the Bills, who had a really good year last year. It was kind of a – you almost say one-year wonder, but it was the first like really good year he had. Or maybe they surprise everybody and say, hey, we're serious about fixing this offensive line and we're going to prove it we're going to go sign Trent Williams. Uh, it's just – I don't know which way they're going to go with it, but they need to find a starter at both right guard and right tackle coming out of free agency and then kind of fill in the rest of the pieces after that. You know, you mentioned earlier, well, while we're talking offense about the key skill positions that they seem to have uh, no shortage of, but what happened last year? Cause I don't know what happened to AJ green. Was it injury that kind of kept him from not being as productive as he's been in the past? Because T. Higgins obviously stepped up and had a great year. Yeah. No, he was healthy. Um, they expected a lot more from him. I think it's just, you know, Father Time's undefeated and it, it, it caught up with him. He was, he, he just could not get separation. Um, I think Joe Burrow realized that. And, and Joe Burrow was, you know, building 
better connections in camp with, with the younger guys. He and Tyler Boyd really clicked right away. It was a little slower with T Higgins because T was battling a hamstring injury and it, it just AJ never really got going. And, and I go back to that, that opening game against the chargers when he caught the game winning touchdown pass and it was wiped out by the OPI. You, you almost wonder the, the what would have been had AJ caught that and, and got off to a good start, you know, would, would that have been a, a difference maker, but he comes back in week two. And I, I think he was targeted 13 times in that Browns game and only had two or three catches. And it just, it went downhill from there. He just, he could never, never get open. Um, and Joe Burrow that I mentioned the offensive line. It's not like Joe Burrow had time to go through all these progressions. He's, he's going to his first read and it was, it was rarely AJ and he had a couple moments, but it just, it, it feels like, the, the, the injuries, he wasn't injured, but the injuries caught up with him and age caught up with him. He, he, had, he had played, he had missed 23 of the last 24 games coming into last year. And he played all 16 last year, but it was just a really down year. Um, maybe they bring him back. If I know he, he loved Cincinnati, he would like, he, he kept saying he would like to end his career as a Bengal, but it just doesn't feel like it's a, a fit. Um, I, I think somebody out there is going to, you know, give him a decent enough contract where he can be a number two, a number three guy. Um, I wrote a story last year about what happens with these receivers when they get over 30. And I'll never forget, Tim Brown said, you know, A.J. Green can settle for a lesser role, but he can't do it in that locker room because everybody's going to start looking around and saying, what's wrong with you? Why, why, are, why are you agreeing to this lesser role? They said, if, if he wants to be that kind of possession guy and second, third guy, he's got to move on. And I think that's what we're going to see. What about the draft? Are you guys picking pretty high in the draft? Is they targeted anything? And um, is there somebody in, in that section that they really feel confident uh, they're going to go after and they're going to get? Well, yeah. I mean, if you listen to Bengals Twitter, Panay Sewell is the next Anthony Munoz, so they have to take him at number five. That's that's. I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I don't know that they're they're sold on Panay Sewell. They, everybody, they, they think he's going to be a terrific tackle, but I don't think the Bengals – front office from the and the coaches particularly from the ones I've talked to don't think he's this can't miss prospect that everybody else does so Mm. I I really think that they're gonna they're gonna go get the offensive line and free agency and that's gonna free them up maybe they still take Panay Sewell and and you know move Jonah Williams into guard or whoever they draft move him into guard they'll have options there but more than likely I think they get the they get the the offensive lineman, a free agency. And I think Jamar Chase is the target that the wide receiver from LSU, the one thing that was missing in Joe Burrow's game last year was the deep ball. And he had this incredible connection with Jamar Chase at LSU and in, in that record breaking national championship Heisman season, bringing that guy in here and, and giving him, giving Joe Burrow that, that deep, threat security blanket with all the other pieces he has, it just makes all the sense in the world. If, if Chase, if Jamar Chase goes and Panay Sewell's off the board, I, I think you're going to see them trade back. A lot of people are saying Kyle Pitts, but, and I think he's going to be a terrific pro. Um, but right now, tight end feels like more of a luxury pick for this team, a, a pick they can't, a luxury pick they can't afford. They've got too many other issues. And if they could move back, especially if, if Chase and Sewell go, that means there's still a couple quality quarterbacks on the board. And there's teams like the Broncos and, and um, the Panthers and other teams that are right behind them um, that are still in the top 10 where they can move back a few spots, maybe pick up an extra second round pick. 
So I think that's it. I think it's Jamar Chase, Panay Sewell, or a trade back. Um, you know, just to, I'll say this about Joe Burrow, watching him last year. I can't remember seeing a rookie quarterback play that looked as non-rookie-ish yeah. as he did. I mean, he looked like he was a pro bowler for four or five years, and he just had such a great command of the offense. And I had to remind myself, hey, he's got nobody blocking for him. And it was amazing to me. I was so impressed. Is there anybody defensively that you think the Bengals are looking at either draft-wise or free agency that could come in uh, and make a splash like that on the other side of the ball? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they can. There are edge rushers out there. If you if you're talking about Carl Lawson and bringing him back, you know, if they tag him, it's 14 million. If they sign him to a long term deal, it's probably going to be just a little bit less than that. There are guys, Alden Smith. Um, there 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 are guys, uh, Hassan um, Reddick in Arizona. There are there are good edge rushers where maybe you could do a two for one there. You could you could get two of those guys for the price of one Carl Lawson. Um, I, I don't know that enough about those guys and their makeup where they're going to come in and just kind of, you know, grab the team and be that leader that Joe Burrow was. I don't know if there's many people on the planet that can do what he did. Um, but there, there are guys out there like that, that can come in uh, that, that have skins on the wall, if you will, that have played in this league and had really good success and come in and, and, and be leaders. We saw that last year, they signed Von Bell in free agency and he came in instant leader captain voted a captain by his teammates um, really kind of took control of that defense. And, and the, the one leader they had on that team, Jesse Bates, who's maybe the best safety in the game, played the same position as Von Bell, and he was still able to come in and kind of command that presence. So I don't, think, I don't think the presence is missing as much on defense as just the, the talent itself. You know, uh, the Bengals have had a pretty good reputation of sticking with their coaches, somewhat like the Steelers, not quite that much. But, you know, the other thing is, uh, what's his um, – I, go, I want to say, how long is the rope that, that uh, the current coach has? About this long. <laughs> Not just this year. I mean, it feels like he has to get off to a good start. If, if, if they don't get out of September at two and two or out of, you know, out of the first quarter of the season, I guess week four would probably be the first weekend in October. But, but really, he can't afford a one and three, oh, and four start again. You know, his rookie year, they started 0 and 11. Uh, last year started really poorly. That um, they've, They've got to show progress and show it fast. Um, the, he, his assistant head coach is Darren Simmons, who's a special teams coach, who goes all the way back to the, the Marvin Lewis era back in 2003. Um, some people thought maybe he deserved a chance to be the head coach before they hired Zach Taylor. So you, you've got a guy. You've got Al Golden, the, the linebackers coach, who's been, a, who's been a head coach in college at Miami at Temple. Um, you've got guys that could take over the team if things go south in a hurry. I, it's not going to be one of the coordinators, I don't think. Uh, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, is is it was kind of a surprise they brought him back. Uh, Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator, but Zach calls all the plays. Um, Brian has has never been an offensive coordinator before he got here. So if if you're looking at replacements, that there are a couple on the the roster. They come from or on the staff, they come from maybe some non-conventional spots, but they are, they've got a fallback plan if they need it. And, and, you know, I personally like Zach. I, I, he's been terrific with the media. I think he, he, he's in a little over his head, but it's, it's not like he can't get to where he needs to be. He's, he came in and 
really needed to kind of tear down this roster. There was a lot of old Marvin Lewis veterans who didn't quite buy in to, to what Zach was selling. And we saw that last year with the Carlos Dunlap incident where, you know, he pretty much forced his way out. Um, this is it. The, the roster churn is going to be complete. This is going to be Zach Taylor's roster wholly in year three. And they've, they really need to get off to a fast start or he may not get a chance to finish year three. Bob, I hope that answered your question as to how short that leash is. Cause this <laughs> obviously Jay among others, I'm sure have given this a lot of thought as far <laughs> yes. as how, <laughs> what options they have other than Zach Taylor. Uh, but I, I happened to watch them play a few times last year. And actually I was impressed with how, the games that I saw, like the game against Cleveland, the second game, how, um, yes, I, I mean, it, it was a tough game for them, but they just, to me, Zach Taylor's an offensive coach, Joe Burrow's the class of last year in terms of rookie quarterbacks, along with Justin Herbert. But I just think that they, to me, seem to be moving in that in the right direction to get back competent or, or relevant again. And if you consider the division that they're in, Pittsburgh seems to be on the way down and Cleveland obviously rebounded last year, Baltimore somewhat. And so uh, to me, Cincinnati is kind of prime, right. To maybe move up in that division. Um, and that's what I'm, I don't know. That's what I guess I'm, I'm looking at. Does, does Zach Taylor in the Cincinnati Bengal world of the fans and does, does, are people optimistic about his future or maybe not so much? I, I think the fan base is more skeptical. I, there was there was skepticism when they hired him because he was so young, a paper thin resume. Yeah, they were excited. It was it was the whole back then. The hot thing was you know if you know Sean McVay, you get a job. And and Zach was working for Sean McVay, and a lot of people thought that's what got him the job. But it was it was his interview with the Bengals, and we saw it from this first couple of press conferences. He's just he's got that Sean McVay presence about him where he really connects and. We did see that. I, I talked about how I'm needing to turn this roster over, but that, that first year, 0-11, I mean, it was a disaster. And they had eight games that they lost by one score or less. Now, you could say that's that's a team not knowing how to win, but that's also a team that is completely out of it with a rookie head coach, and they were still fighting at the end of the year. Um, you, you go back to that Week 16 game that where they clinched the number one overall pick to take Joe Burrow, and they're down by 25, and they storm back and and tie the Dolphins and go to overtime. I mean, you don't you don't see one in 14 teams doing or one in 13 teams as they were at that time. You don't see teams doing that. It, it, the team never quit on Zach Taylor. Maybe some individuals did, but as a whole, the team did not. And you did you, you that Cleveland game last year. The after the week after that, they beat Tennessee. That you, that's right when you really saw that this offense starting to click and, and Zach and Joe Burrow getting on the same page. And then it was a couple weeks later that the injury happened. But it was a big deal that Joe Burrow came out. I mean, he was he, – he was, it wasn't just cliche speak. I mean, he, he truly believes in Zach Taylor and threw his support behind him. And there were questions whether Zach would be back this year. And I, I think Joe Burrow's support of Zach and the fact that they want to see them at least have one season to – one full season together yeah. was a big part of why he came back for year three. Now, uh, speaking of eight and eight league mainly, you know, uh, first of all, do they have you are is your feeling they're going to make eight and eight? And the other is, how has uh, Burrow recovered from this? Has he? Has he come through? 
Yeah, well, I talked to some coaches down at the Senior Bowl, and they were thrilled with the progress he's making. And then we talked to Duke Tobin, who's the the director of player personnel, kind of the de facto GM. We had him on a Zoom today, and he said he's just been really impressed with the way that, that Joe Burrow is. He's attacking rehab the way he attacks everything else, and it's it's they are fully confident that he's going to be ready in week one. Now, of course, you can never foresee any kind of setbacks, but the, the way it's progressing right now, they, they think he's going to be ready to take the snaps in week one. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's just, everything is, is positive in, in that regard. But again, you, you never know. The other thing that their center, um, Trey Hopkins tore his ACL in the final game of the season. So they've got some other guys that are kind of fighting back from injury too, but Joe Burrow is the main one. If, if you've got that guy back for, for week one, then you do have a chance to, to start. I, I think Zach Taylor, I love it. I know fans love it. The schedule release. I think Zach Taylor is going to be really interested in that schedule release because they have a last place schedule. And if, if they have some of the, the weaker teams loaded up front, it's really going to give them a chance to kind of hit the ground running, build some momentum. Eight and eight. I don't know. Um, I, I thought last year, the goal was to, to kind of get around that, that, that 500 mark. And then the, the playoff window would really kind of fly open in 2021. The, the burrow injury threw everything in disarray. Um, I don't think I don't think Zach needs to make the playoffs this year to come back for a fourth year, but they, they definitely need to get in that range. And, and I think they I think they can get in the, the 500 range if they stay healthy. Yeah, that's I think, well, like Bob was saying, that's kind of everybody that didn't just win a Super Bowl. That's kind of everyone's goal, right, is to get mm-hmm. to that 500 mark, maybe you're nine and seven, ten and six, bust into the playoffs and and start gaining some traction with your with your team and the future in that way. And that's what I think, I think I see Cincinnati doing that this year, because like you said, before the Joe Burrow's injury, they were in every game and um, they looked very good to me anyway. And as a competent team, um, obviously their offensive line and their defense at sometimes would fall apart. But uh, you know, I think that's, I'm optimistic anyway, just because not everybody, not every team out there has got a Joe Burrow. And yeah. Even though that, even though Zach Taylor's a young coach, you know, there's a lot of young coaches these days that are making it with Kyle Shanahan and Kevin Stefanski and offensive-minded coaches that are ahead of the curve. And I think Zach Taylor, at least to me, seems to be one of those guys. Is that uh, would you would is that too far on my part to, I guess, project that? No, I don't think so. I I think that you have to it. it if you've got the quarterback, you're, you're already a step ahead. It, it's, we all know what this league's become. It's this offensive minded passing league. And if, if you've, you've got a guy that is offensive minded as your head coach and a quarterback who is a really special quarterback, I mean, everything else kind of just fits. You just, just be competent in other places and, and you can make it work. And we've seen Zach, he's been kind of hamstrung. The offensive line has been so bad his two years here that he hasn't been able to kind of open up the playbook. He, he hasn't had that run game to play off of to make the passing game work. Uh, they went out and hired a new offensive line coach this year. He was here in 2018 for one year. Uh, the offensive linemen, Joe Mixon, are all thrilled. He was here for one year, and when Zach came in, he, he wanted Jim Turner. That was his guy. The Bengals wanted to keep Frank Pollock as the offensive line coach. Uh, Zach 
wanted Jim Turner. The Jim Turner thing did not work out. So now Frank Pollock is back. Uh, there's a lot of optimism there. If you if, if they can get the running game going and, and play that off of Joe Burrow. Um, the other thing, Zach Taylor, the, when Marvin Lewis was here, he was an old school guy, didn't embrace analytics. Um, Zach is really sharp. He's, he's, he's got assistant coaches. He's got game management coaches that – that have everything broken down as far as it's not, he's not thinking on the fly when it comes up on fourth and five, they know when it's third and nine, Hey, if we get to fourth and whatever, we're going for it. And it's just, he, he's aggressive. Um, he's offensive minded. And you're right. If, 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 if they can just keep Joe Burrow healthy, I do think this offense can really be something special and, and get him in that, that 500 range. And then who knows what happens in December. Jay Morrison covers the Bengals for The Athletic. Jay, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, pretty informative, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing what happens in this NFL season. Thanks again. All right, great talking to you guys. You got it. Each week we visit a different NFL team and talk with experts, reporters about that team and the draft and its future for the upcoming NFL season. A new team each week, so you'll be able to join us again next week. And there you have it, Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can also see the videocast on our YouTube channel by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way right at the bottom of your screen, KramerandBrill.com. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you next time.